go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Paris Card Podcast. Um, today, I have a very special guest and friend uh, calling in from Kenya, uh, Douglas Mwangi, founder of Oasis Mothari. So, Douglas, how are you today? I'm well. You? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. We've been trying to do this for a while. Uh, I know you, you're a very busy man, so I'm glad that we've finally been able to, <laughs> to, to do it. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you're doing this. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah, I'm glad that you're doing this. Yes, fi finally. Um, mm. So let's get started, uh, Douglas. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself for those who may not be aware of um, who you are, um, your background, your career history uh, and where you are right now? Yeah, um, so like, you know, um, my name is Douglas Mongi and um, I'm an innovator, young innovator from Kenya. And I work with an organization called Oasis Madare. Uh, basically, Oasis Madare, it's a youth-led and a grassroots community organization that leverages in technology uh, to reduce literacy and poverty through improving the quality of education and skills training. And we are based in one of the biggest informal settlements in Kenya, that is uh, Madare Slam, where I actually, uh, I was born and brought up uh and uh yeah actually the reason our story you know i i started to watch Madare is uh, as a as a result of um the experience that i finally uh, that i got first and experience uh growing up as a child accessing education and as a young man trying to access um opportunities uh and uh these are the same same challenges that are happening uh youth and children experiencing them at the moment because you have limited uh, resources, you have limited uh, public primary schools, uh, even secondary school, and um, ma which makes it even harder for uh, for even young people to even finish formal education. Actually, majority of young men and women in Madar Islam they don't finish formal education as a result of uh, school fees, uh, not being able to um, you know access these kind of. Um, Opportunity, so that's why we are doing our trust Madari, trying to trying to give them um, skills and opportunity to better their lives. Thank you. That's really inspir uh, inspirational, Douglas, um, because uh, many people would just leave uh, when they find opportunities, or because it's obviously very difficult and to get funding. So, kind of, what keeps you going? Because I mean, you've had opportunities uh, elsewhere outside of the country, but you've decided to go back home and give back to your community. So, what? What keeps you going? Because I can imagine it's quite challenging uh, in terms of funding and not obviously the work that you do is very important, but kind of securing funding. Um, yeah. Can you just talk us a little bit about that? Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, the personal experience that I had going up in Madar Islam uh, keeps me going. And uh, today, actually, I was I was having a chat with uh, uh, two guys, uh, you know, two, there's a lady and a, a gentleman and a lady. Uh, and uh, last week, uh, we had a field, an educational trip. Uh, they went to Jomo uh, Kenyatta University. And uh, today was, while I was having a chat with them, uh, so actually some few, few hours ago, hmm. and um, uh, the gratitude they expressed, uh, it's what like keep me going. So whenever I feel like yeah. that I've touched someone's lives, you know, I feel like um, I should, it's, it's more like, it's more like an addict, you know, you, you want to do it more. And um, seeing a life being changed from someone who didn't have any skill and now they have a skill and they have hope, they have a livelihood. Uh, seeing a kid who is struggling yeah. at school and uh, at the moment they're being able to improve their grades in school. 
uh, senior parents who is actually like they were struggling before and now they're being able to put the food on the table as a result of uh, the training that they receive at Wask Madare. That's what kept me going. Yeah, and and, um, and that's a really beautiful reward. I mean, you can't put a price on, on anything like that. And as you say, if this is a personal experience for you, um, obviously it means a lot more. Um, but you talked a little bit about something that leads us nicely to our next um, question. Um, so you talked uh, about the experiences you've had. Um, and I mentioned earlier that you kind of left Kenya and, and gone back. You've had uh, many opportunities. So I know in 2018, which is how me and you connected, actually, um, you won um, the Young Leaders Award, the Queen Young Leaders Award, um, which was really inspirational to me as a fellow Kenyan and somebody seeing um, a young man um, giving back and with so much passion and compassion um, and cool and kind of just like down with the people. And this is why I reached out to you. But um, can you let us know a little bit more about what that experience was like, what the you know how it came about that you got the award, and for those that don't know, what the Queen Leaders Award is is about, and what it was like to meet the Queen. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that is one of the experience that I'll never forget in my life. I, it every time I look at the, my profile picture, uh, it takes me back, and and, and I feel uh, feel honored. Uh, uh, and uh, it uh, like I mentioned, it's one of the most you know. I'll never forget it. But the most important thing is um, because meeting Her Majesty the Queen, it was a very short time. But uh, what we got from the Queen's leader, uh, we have, you know, we build connect uh, uh, networks. Even through, like, you know, these, uh, 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 you know, we got to know each other as a child of the Queen's leader. And uh, there are other Queen's leader all over the Commonwealth whom I'm in touch, even at the moment, exchanging ideas, uh, you know, um, exchanging ideas, visiting each other, uh, learning the best practice from them. Uh, and uh, the Queen's leader, beside the, the award that we received from the Her Majesty, uh, we also got a training at the Cambridge uh, University Institute for Education, Institute of Continuity Studies. Uh, and it's, you know, it broadened our thinking in terms of uh, like how, how to, uh, to run your innovation. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, and most importantly, most importantly, it's the award gave us credibility mm. uh, because mm. like I mentioned, you mentioned earlier, young innovators, they really, really struggle in terms of getting funding and everything. Mm. But the credibility, the, the award, the, the credibility that came with receiving that award, uh, we've been able to work with them, government institution, local organization, big agencies, because they they believe or they see if we are able to receive this award, then definitely we are doing something incredible. Uh, but that, that doesn't mean that we are the only person who are doing amazing stuff. We have amazing people who are doing incredible work in their community. But I was just lucky. I was one of them. I was just lucky to, to receive the award. And yeah, Her Majesty, is, she's a hero. She's, yeah, she's a... She's lovely. She's she's great, <laughs> and and actually, you know, uh, we are we actually from the Queen's, uh, you know, Jubilee Platinum. Uh, yes. And, yeah, um, yeah. 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 Jubilee Platinum. So I, I was also chosen to light the beacon uh, in Nyeri. Nyeri happens to be where the Queen became the Queen. Yes. So her father died while she was in Nyeri, mm -hmm. and Nyeri happens to be also my hometown. So 
You see that connection? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes. that's a big connection right there. <laughs> it's a big connection. So yeah, um, I, I went to, to light the beacon uh, at Nyeri. Uh, we did a couple of really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So our beacon was uh, automated, vo automated lights uh, uh, activated by voice. But prior lighting up the beacon, we, we, you know, we trained uh, the kids on robotic and automation. And on the actual day, uh, they had an experience to see how Buckingham Palace looks like, Windsor wow. Castle uh, looks nice. like. Uh, we give them some virtual reality there. Yeah, experience. And um, this and this is what we're doing with Osmodari, like being able to expose and privilege kids uh, with the 21st century um, uh, ICT, uh, uh, ICT uh, either so that we can spark an interest in them take, uh, to, for them to take um, uh, STEM-related courses, or they can actually use uh, STEM, that is science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and design, uh, to solve problems. And while I'm, I'm talking about, you know, uh, what brought me to talk about the Jubilee Platinum is uh, uh, how much the queen became a queen at a very young age. Uh, I think that was 24. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, uh, um, she believes in leadership of young people. And that is what the Queen's Leader was all about. Uh, giving young people, uh, young leaders uh, skills and resources so that they can amplify their work. Yeah. Yes, it's really nice to hear that you're very um, complimentary about the Queen because over here, it, we're quite divided. Um, so, But I think it's good to, that this is a, you cannot dispute the Queen Leaders Award because if you look at the history of it and you look at the project supports and how it uh, empowers young people doing great work in their communities, it's hard to dispute that she doesn't have this, this heart. But just maybe you're not aware, but in the UK, it's quite controversial. Uh, I don't know Actually, if you're hearing that people it, it, are even the Commonwealth. Even in Kenya. Oh, really? Even, okay. even like yeah, even actually in Kenya, there are you know there are, there are some few guys who are like, hey, why why are you celebrating how much the queen and and how government like you know uh, because we have a history with British with the Mau Mau, isn't government. it? Yeah, with the Mau Mau and everything. Yeah, yeah. But again, um, where we are at the moment, uh, uh, yes, we believe that you know there's some 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 uh, bad stuff that happened. Uh, but now looking forward, you know. Uh, our government is actually being supported by the government of Her Majesty the Queen uh, in terms of like uh, strengthening our governance, democracy. Uh, we're getting funding uh, for connectivity, for ICT, for that kind of stuff. So there's, I, I think there's a lot that's happened. We need, we need to, you know, we need, uh, and for even Mandela, I mean, so Mandela once mentioned that, uh, I mean, you, you, if, if, if you're not going to forgive, Mm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You will definitely never move forward. You'll yeah. never. So you'll always remain in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in, 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 you know, in a cocoon or, or mm. in jail. So, uh, for you to free your your mind, uh, forgiveness need to to comes in, and and definitely out of like you know, what we have seen the government of British being able the support that we normally see mm. and witness. The government level at individual level like a person like me yeah, yeah you can never dispute that yeah. you can never dispute that yeah no and i think this is why it's important to have stories like yours and others who can help kind of give us hope and bridge a gap so kind of getting not ridding but 
moving on, as you say, from the past, so kind of trying to make it right. Um, because obviously we know people like um, Harry and William and Meghan do things for people and they go and visit and, you know, they're kind of, they're very personable. Um, but I think, yeah, because of the, the history, um, it, 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 this thing, these things are not talked about as much. Um, but I think, yeah, Nelson Mandela's kind of, I think it was called the reconciliation, isn't it? Is that what it was called? Yeah. After mm -hmm. apartheid. Um, so, yeah, I think it is important to, to and I was going to say something else and I, when you were talking and I've kind of forgotten. It might come to me after. Um, okay, but yeah, so... So obviously the work that you do is is, is critical um, and it's something that there's been a large need even when we were growing up, obviously, as you know, I was born in Kenya too. Why do you think the government or, you know, they don't support these initiatives or what, what are they doing? Because, I mean, it's great that you can have the space, but they should be kind of channeling more funds to Kenyan people rather than us going to overseas to get the money to do the important work we do. True, true. You know, we, uh, I mean, like our government, you know, we, uh, and actually we are complimenting the government because the government cannot do like everything. So uh, where they are not able to like to reach out, we are the grassroots community, we are able to do that. Right. But of course, um, what the, uh, the government need to strive on is to ensure that um, we finish on corruption because we, mm -hmm. uh, we are losing a lot of money. Uh, that could go to to support um, uh, you know our uh, our initiatives initially. So uh, like once we like um, once we like uh, uh, do away with corruption, I think mm -hmm. the government will have more time or even more resources to support uh, the initiative. Yeah. And then and then uh, having the right people uh, mm. at the policy level because. In, in, just recently, there was um, an ICT bill uh, that was uh, was at, at executive level. Mm. Uh, fortunately, the government or uh, President Uhuru Kenyatta did not sign it. Right. So, I mean, it was the people who are at the at the legislature, the kind of policy they bring in. Uh, they are not supportive, and especially to like the areas such as the ICT. Mm. And the good thing about the ICT is that uh, it's very broad. Uh, you cannot regulate such uh, such a, such environment. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, you need to like for for you to for you to spark growth, you need to be it need to be like very dynamic, very innovative. Of course, I'm not saying I'm not saying that uh, we should not be regulated, but the regulation should be to support uh, the innovation that's happening. Yeah. And actually just going back to, to answer your question mm. is we need to focus, and that's how our mother we have shifted our, our, our focus to, uh, to social entrepreneurship. Mm. Because with social innovation and social entrepreneurship, you're being able to solve a problem and get, uh, get something out of it. Mm. So you're not necessarily making profit, but people are willing to pay the services that you're offering because they are solving uh, your problem. Yeah. And that is what like now the government need, need to do. Like, you know, we need to focus more on social innovation and, and entrepreneurship. Once like we get it correct, we'll definitely never look at, we'll never go to, you know, we'll never come to, to UK or, or States uh, to look for funding for anything because we'll be able to solve our problem create more employer, 
employment yeah. and generate revenue just from us and even sell mm. Uh, mm. <clears throat> for example like things like mpesa yeah which uh, yeah we could do with that here i mean mpesa is great you know and i'm no, surprised yeah. we don't have it yeah so you know uh, once like we get it right we'll be able to like even to sell yeah and get more revenue done rather than just seeking for funding all the time yeah so for those who don't know mpesa is like a um, what can I call it? A digital way to like pay for things, pay for goods and services. So- oh yeah, <clears throat> M-Pesa, M-Pesa, It's a uh, one of the most. Re- um, and actually, it's, it? yeah, it's 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 a it's a mobile mobile money mobile money device money yeah money device app yeah. that enables you to like uh, it's definitely does everything like a debit card, a credit card does. It's amazing. So, but but using your mobile phone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible because you don't have to take loads of things. And because we're moving more digitally, you don't even need your card. As you say, you don't need a bank card. You can just pay with everything on your phone. So yeah. as a consumer, you can pay for goods when you go to a supermarket, even going to a hotel, even paying <clears throat> hair, your nails, your barbering. And as a, um, uh, a shop or a company, you can get everything paid. You can even pay your gas and electric bill on there. Um, yeah. You have yeah. something similar, but it doesn't do everything um and i think and even send money to people so if someone's birthday or wedding or you know and it's actually safer right because you can't really lose money there so and Very, if, you, if someone who tries yes. to mess with your money you know um <laughs> so yeah they should really be i guess <clears throat> what you're saying it's you know find corruption um but also am i right in thinking you also think them kind of changing their strategy their national strategy to uh have more emphasis on um, IT, ICT, um, entrepreneurship, um, innovation. Not, I know we've got lots of other problems, like healthcare is huge, um, education, access to it. So they're probably thinking, all right, this is a need to get people who are not hungry first. We need to deal with the hunger. We need to deal with the HIV and AIDS and TB before we deal with IC. But actually, ICT could be a solution to a lot of these problems, Definitely. right? So yeah, it's kind of yeah, changing yeah. the mindset. And so I'm kind of hearing even in terms of leadership, having more new younger people who have worked across the world and come back um, and harnessing the stuff that we've got with M-Pesa and coming that, bringing that together and actually making a difference that way. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <clears throat> and um, when talking about health, education, so tech, uh, definitely, because tech is not a standalone discipline. Tech mm. revolves around what's happening it could be tech it could be education it could be it could be health basic uh, mention anything and tech can be used to solve all kinds of problems yeah and we are using tech to primarily solve uh to <clears throat> improve the quality of education and accessibility of education mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> skills development and unemployment so we're using that tech as a tool yeah to, to educate literacy and poverty so yeah. we can use also tech to improve in the quality of, uh, of uh, or to improve the the quality of also from even accessibility of health mm-hmm. we can use tech uh, again in our farming because again yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. how to like <clears throat> how can a farmer monitor their uh, their produce how can they produce more uh, like you know how can their land yield more more produce mm-hmm. they can use tech they can yeah. use data-driven uh, platform or technology 
to ensure that they are getting it right mm. in terms of even how can they market you know yeah and yeah, yeah so yeah and actually as you're talking i'm also thinking so it's a shift in mindset in terms of like the value of technology in addressing all social inequality problems societal problems and even like climate change and things but also i think it's the um change in mindset that we don't need to rely on the west to do everything so it could be like okay well actually kenyans will do over this or africans will do all of this and the, the, we rely on the west to do this you know because even when i go home i see you know certain people building our roads i think why can't we do that you know we kind of outsource certain things so it's like maybe changing it that actually africa does have the solutions we don't always need we can work together as a partnership which is a lot of the work you're doing but that's on a gross root level um and there's a, i know there's a lot of organizations such as yourself but i mean what we're going to wait another three four years until we see it scale up because of the comp competition against the kind of um international organization so because the, the grassroots are doing all this collaboration that we need but we don't get to see that until like it's gone really big and then you can't touch it and i think with you it's going to be the same in a few years two three years it's going to be but we should start on that from the beginning like yeah you know so do you think yeah. it's also changing the mindset on like we don't always have to work in partnership or even rely on it elsewhere we can do it ourselves or we have the solutions we just need the investment yeah definitely partnership we you know uh partnership is great and we definitely need partnership but now the kind of partnership that we have at the moment is is not a it's more of like a top down yeah so it's not like a two way yeah, it's not reciprocal but, yeah so yeah but uh, definitely we have the solution mm. or we should have our own solution uh we can also contextualize what's happening you know you don't have to like reinvent the wheel what's what, what is happening in, in states or in, in uk and then how can we use that yes. how can we use that in our context how can it fit us mm. or, or how can even because again like for example the mobile money platform that is the mpesa mm -hmm. that is a perfect example of a, a a local solution to the local problem mm. because majority of and even by the way there's a time we developed a uh during covid that, that is 2020 2020 mm -hmm. uh or rather after the first case, case of covid-19 was reported in kenya we you know kids were asked to learn from home mm -hmm. and uh, mm, yes. where we, yeah where we come from especially mother islam uh, these families they do not have bundles so they are not connected so there's no way they can access the the online platform that has been set up Mm -hmm. yeah or rather even if they they have money to buy bundles they are caught up between by bundles or food mm, exactly so what we did with the during that time we developed um, a learning platform called text school as in texts and mm -hmm. then school mm -hmm. uh which uses ussd and sms as long as you have a phone that can be seen that, that can receive and text message mm -hmm. you're good to go because there's a big, yeah there's a deep retention of mobile phones in kenya even like you know like all families at least they have a mobile phone right mm -hmm. but now the issue is now connectivity we yeah. don't have internet the internet yeah and the internet is very red i mean it can be sometimes expensive in kenya mm. or actually it is expensive in kenya but especially to to uh, to the areas that are the, the community that we serve so we develop a, the one that uses sms so that is kind of like a a local solution to a local problem yeah they can still continue learning using the devices that they have it could be a feature phone it could be a smartphone 
And yeah. you know, and that's what we at was Madari, we we know we we are you know we are supporting, you know, we at was Madari, we are training young men and women and kids, innovators, how can they come up with a, a solution that definitely fits mm-hmm. or respond to the needs of their their participants? Yeah, and that's so that's sustainable and it also gives these young people kind of they feel empowered and and taking ownership to kind of responding to the things that they're not necessarily happy with or things that they feel they can be that that needs improving um Mm. again making it local I think it just has a better way of reaching people and having a sustainable aspect to it so it'll be good to hear I mean you touched on a little bit about the the tech school which sounds amazing but it'll be good to hear more about what kinds of things you do so I think for some people that may not know exactly what you do or you know like on a day-to-day or a monthly basis or a yearly, like what's your strategy? So how do you, yeah, what do you guys do? Yeah, um, so we have several programs. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, our programs are, they target on education, access and improving the quality of education and skills for employability or livelihood for to reduce uh, reduce, uh, poverty. So, and we have a few interventions uh there is a now stem that is stands or let me let me start from the like the zero level so you have an ecd that is uh, early childhood development uh, center that targets kids between the ages of uh, two years or years up to seven years so these kids are those like you know waiting to go to like to join school so and and, and what we're doing with them and and the reason so we actually set up the ecd center we, we have two reasons one of them is um uh, there are no open areas or play field where kids can play in Madar Islam. They are limited. There are very few. And play is very much important for kids. So what we've done is that we create a place where kids can come in and be kids, play. With, uh, but we have incorporated uh, technology into it, uh, you know, such as, uh, you know, some cool toys um, uh, and, and even technology. Uh, and then... Yeah, there are so many mothers, young mothers, who do not know where to leave their kids, uh, or they don't have funds or cash um, uh, to hire a nanny. So what we've done is um, we have created a space where they can one, they can drop their kids and go to hustle, or they can drop their kids and continue learning because these are young mothers who do not have any skill. So they can bring their kids uh, and drop them at the ECD center and go and come and learn. Uh, so that's the ECD center. Uh, and then uh, after ECD center, we have, um, we have now science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and design targeting kids between eight to 18 years. Here we are, uh, you know, we're using technology to develop their critical thinking skills, uh, innovation, leadership, uh, collaboration, that kind of stuff. Uh, and even sparking an interest, an interest in tech so that they can take a STEM related course. Uh, and then here we introduce them to principles of coding, robotic, automation, uh, and even how can they actually use technology to solve problems, like in, in a small scale, yeah, just, you know, getting, you know, just helping them toward that end, like, you know, you can actually use this to solve this problem, or you can actually even use tech to just for fun. And, and then the other bit now targets, uh, targets youths. So youths, because like I mentioned earlier, most youths in Madar Islam, they don't finish formal education. This could be as a result of school fees, 
maybe did not perform well uh, as a result of them not being in school. You get? So they are hustling or they do not have any form, they don't have any skill that will help them on a livelihood. And what we're doing with them is uh, uh, we're giving them skills and skills uh, we have to program, but uh, our flagship program is a, is a software development or software engineering. So we are taking them on software engineering. It's a very intense course, eight months course, that uh, uh, they're being trained on how definitely to use technology to solve a problem. Uh, so this, it could be maybe they can earn a livelihood or by getting a job, or they can start a gig or promote their business online. And then, of course, we have some few master classes, uh, social entrepreneurship, uh, business development, uh, life skill, uh, and, and not forgetting like SRH, like reproductive health, uh, sexual uh, reproductive health that we normally do it with other partners who are really good in that, in that area. So that we ensure that our kids are transitioning uh, to school, like you know, from primary to secondary and then secondary to, uh, to uni, or they can maybe come to us and, and, and com successfully complete without getting uh, infections uh, or uh, sexual infection or uh, early pregnancy. So basically those are the programs uh, uh, you know, we are running. So there's ECD, there's STEM for kids, there's uh, yeah, social, you know, software development for youths. And of course, not forgetting the tech school. So tech school helps kids to get people get uh, unlimited learning content using SMS and USSD. So yeah, that's basically us. That's a lot. I was trying to make some notes just to kind of keep in mind what you said, but I think the, the gist of it is A, and I keep saying this, but you are, you're doing such an amazing job, you and your colleagues. And what I love about Oasis Mothari is that it's a multi-tiered approach. So basically you're really looking at everything from the beginning to the end. It's like a life cycle, it's like an ecosystem. And no matter whether people are there just to, as you say, uh, drop their kids um, or they're there to learn, um, there's no, no one's being left out and they will have value in some way. Um, and the fact that also you're in, introducing um, reproductive health is really important because again, that's another way, another reason why people find themselves in kind of poverty and because of the lack of support and, and care. Um, but I think it's important as well for the kids to come together and also be proud of where they're from. I think that's another thing I love about Oasis Mothari, that it's true to itself. And, you know, rather than going elsewhere, it's like, no, I'm going to stay here and we'll all come together. And I think that's what's really, really beautiful about the organisation. And is that was that always the intention? Is that what you always wanted? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we definitely uh, uh, practice or... Uh, support uh, open door policy. So, besides, because again, like you know, there's besides, besides, like the, the the normal, because we, it feel like we're boxing them to. So we have an open space, uh, and actually we have a there's a library which I did not mention, and then we have a hub, computer hub, and innovation studio. So you can either come and chill around access internet with a computer and do your own stuff as long as it's a constructive mm -hmm. uh, or you can come and even collaborate with the with the fellow youths or young people in the in the area so it's an it's it, besides like a learning it's not a learning institution it's just a place where youth and kids can come and plug in with what's happening and we normally have like 
some few mentors coming in once in a while uh, to come and, and 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 have a talk and even chill around with us uh, and to and talk about like very very different uh, different topics. So just to broaden their thinking, uh, to expose them to a different kind of uh, uh, thinking and 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 uh, because we need that kind of stuff. And um, uh, like part of our model is because. When growing up in Mother Islam, definitely this is from a personal experience. You only dream to do what you can see around. So your environment yeah. influences mm-hmm. you on what to do, how to think, or even limits your, your, your potential. But what we're doing with us, Madare, we because sometimes we normally take, because I mentioned like last Saturday, they are in a different space. Take our beneficiaries to a different space. It could be maybe an animal orphanage, or it could be a workplace, or it could be in, a, in another school. Just different. So that they can see life, how life can be away from Madare. And that, of course, definitely like uh, give them a push to work hard or to, to think differently, to dream big. Because you can only dream as much as what you're seeing. You see, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it is really inspirational because I think um, I've always been a big believer that you shouldn't forget where you're from and you should never kind of dislike your life just because it doesn't look like elsewhere. You know, you can make that change. You can be the person that says, actually, this is is also good enough. We just need to invest in it more because it's not necessarily like what everyone else thinks is important, but we can make our own change. And I think your organization does that. Because otherwise people then just end up leaving and never coming back and never investing back home so that we have the same cycle that, you know, and that happens over here. There's, you know, deprived areas here and people just leave and then it gets gentrified and then they, people are moved on. So I think it's important to invest. Um, and as you say, you can't dream if you don't know. And also with children, you can get to them in a number of different ways. As you said, people they can see and admire and also just being around the spaces, having friends, being interactive, you know, Um so what I want to do is switch gears, though. Um, so I kind of want to, and literally switch gears and like go to the other side where we talk about more, where we talk more about, um, you know, your your long term goals, um, your ambitions, the legacy you want to leave, and also uh, through Oasis Mathari. So if we just have a pause and then we come back to this, is that okay? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, great. So see you in a bit, folks. <laughs> 